Hi, this is uh, Parik Sam. Welcome to this live webinar uh, from Living and Working Abroad, ParikPartnership.com. It's a place to follow our vlogs and blogs during the week. But uh, on the live webinar, at our Living and Working Abroad page on Facebook, we tried to discuss issues around um, uh, what, what's affecting expats, family and business, living and working abroad in the real time. And we've got, uh, we released a, an email this week where we followed up on our recent work looking at the business of survival. Survival for families, uh, for overseas property investors and survival for expat business working cross-border uh, so that those businesses can survive for ourselves and down the generations. So. Uh, what are the issues that have come up this week? If you've got any questions, you can uh, leave them for us on our page or uh, uh, ask them now and potentially we can get back to you straight away and maybe feature your question next time. But certainly we, we will get back to you. And um, so how are you all? Uh, alive and kicking, I hope. And uh, coronavirus, the common cold that caught uh, with the vicious tail, continues to wreak havoc. But in the business of survival, I mentioned a, a few weeks ago that there is uh, scientific and economic research. The, 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 the predictions from specialists that project the, the, the impact of the virus uh, are all speculation because it's a new virus and we don't know how it's going to impact. We can see that now, we can see the impact of what's happening in different places, different worlds, but we won't fully know for two years. So. It, it, all the work that the scientists normally do in the background for two to five years is all being done in real time. But I mentioned a few weeks ago that there's some uh, uh, scientific research which looks at the economic impact of um, uh, uh, downturns. And when you compare uh, planning for a pandemic, if you can confirm the impact of an economic lockdown, on the health and well-being of society. How does that impact compared to the pandemic itself? And those are the interesting things I want to look at today, along as with some real life issues uh, regarding uh, people trapped in lockdown and, and tax residency issues uh, for the current year. And uh, uh, I want to remind you about Brexit because Brexit is still on the agenda and it's still there. And how does that em uh, impact expat um, healthcare for UK and EU expats living and working in the EU uh, during the current year. So in the business of survival, uh, what's changed this, this week? Well, uh, the, when a country has gone to economic lockdown, there's an impact on income and, and wages and there's uh, government grants uh, to furlough employees to support and retain jobs. So the government's paying uh, for companies to keep employees on and to keep employees as consumers to buy from businesses uh, that, so that those businesses and those employees become, continue to be consumers to keep the economy going. They've got grants, they've got loans, they've got VAT concessions. Uh, and, and social insurance concessions. So there's lots of money being pumped into the economy and um, uh, you know more money than at any time since World War II possibly. 
um, certainly more money being pumped into economies than, than after the financial crash of 2008. So we, we, I consider this to be a world war C uh, on Corona and uh, the business survival is what, what goes forward with the economy. Um, and I'm not a technical expert on this, but what I do understand is that, that uh, when NICE uh, in the UK, which is a, 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 a government body that assesses drugs um, for use in the NHS, and they make a selective judgment about whether the public healthcare service will pay for medicines uh, to help people because the, the great pharmaceutical industry does two things. You get great nursing care and great uh, to help people and everyone's surviving uh, coronavirus is surviving not because of medical uh, drugs but because of nursing care and, and, and intervention by doctors to nurse and, and see the, the patient survive through the virus so that the, the individual's body's immune system survive the virus and move on. Now that's nursing care, that's not drugs, that's not vaccines and that's the only reason that people are surviving, that they're building up their immunity. So we've got in Sweden, they've had no lockdown at all there, they've had some restrictions but in managing that They've, they've, they've avoided having major crises. Yes, they've looked after old people. Yes, they've protected vulnerable. Yes, they've stopped large scale gatherings, but they've still allowed meetings and restaurants to, to uh, continue on with the type of restrictions that everybody will have to do once the rest of the world is released from lockdown. We've got more than half the world's economy in, in, uh, in GDP terms in lockdown at the moment. But that too can have its impact. And the, the, when you get a fall in economic activity and value and income, that too has consequences. It has consequences for disease, it has uh, consequences for disorder, it has consequences for, for death. Um, you know, so sociologists will talk about the deprived, deprived areas and people dying sooner and dying earlier and knife deaths and, and drive-by shootings because of a, a deprived economy is like a virus uh, in itself and, and causes issues. So as you, as you bear down on an economy, it, in a human society, it causes problems in itself. And what NICE do is that they look at them, going back to that point, NICE assess a medicine. Is, is it worth treating these people? And, and when they look at things like that, price is a factor. So in effect, to put no two blunt terms on it, NICE are making, uh, putting a value on life. So many medicines um, uh, to treat diseases that the pharmaceutical industry uh, produce extend life and maintain a better quality of life. And, and therefore, if a public service, healthcare service, is going to buy that medicine and provide it free uh, uh, to its uh, citizens, then in effect, they're valuing life. So there are certain unfortunate people with difficult diseases, which the pharmaceutical companies have got expensive products to, to treat, 
and they're not available on a public health service because they're deemed to be too expensive relative to the, the, the values they put on life. So these are the, one of the mechanisms that, that government agencies and bodies and statisticians use when making these decisions. So in coming to a decision to lock down whole economies, uh, they're putting a value on life. So if you're gonna get 30% uh, deaths from corona, that's a lot of people, then the, the, uh, the value of a lockdown is well worthwhile compared to 30% people dying. However, um, extending somebody's life for three months might not be worth 10,000 a day in, in medical treatment. And, and those are the extremes. And what we're beginning to get to a position now, as we all get a bit stir crazy in our, our lockdown situations where we're restricted on uh, how we can work, uh, whether we can live our normal lives, to go to school, to see our friends, to see family, to, 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 to do work. Uh, in, in modern societies we work, in previous societies we would have still worked, whether that's farming, tending cattle, uh, hunting, uh, to, to, to provide our day in, in, in those three parts, uh, sleep, work and rest. So we, we, we need to get back to that at some point. But at the moment, when you've got a complete lockdown, the, the government assessment is that the, the value of a death by corona is more than the value to the economy of closing the economy down. And when that assessment is changed, that the value uh, of a, a corona death um, is, is more than the, the cost to the economy of the lockdown, that is generally the point that those decisions can be made. And those decisions are political and they're very complex and they depend upon which expert that, that you want to consider. So the people at who might have one opinion, but e each individual human being in the world, including myself, will all have some form of behavioural bias. We have our opinions uh, based upon what we've learned, what we've grown up with, what we see around us, um, uh, and what our religious beliefs are, what our parents taught us, what our life's experience taught us, where we've worked. We all have a behavioural bias to, to how we're going to react to it. And, and so do these experts, and so do the different institutions. So um, each person will come up with a slightly different slant. And uh, so that's why we're in this difficult situation at the moment where uh, the politicians are left with the decision to decide when to, the, the value of a death by corona it, it is more important than the, the, the cost to the economy. So if the uh, British economy is going to borrow 45 billion uh, pounds this month, April, they're saying that that is a less cost to the economy than the deaths from Corona this month. Um, now, how will that be in, in, in May and June and July? When you think about uh, the impact of the loss of revenues to football, to rugby union, uh, to, to the supermarkets, to the, the major employers, to the airlines, 
all that cost is the cost of the economic lockdown. And, and despite all that massive cost and all that massive loss of economic uh, wealth, um, that, that is less than the cost uh, that's being put on the value of the corona deaths at the moment. So that is, is the bitter pill, the, the tough choice that the politicians need to make. And when the curve moves so that the, 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 the deaths are dropping and that the, the probability of death is dropping, then the economic lockdown can be lifted. That's a brutal way of looking at it, but that is the decisions that are being made. But the, the reverse side of it is that if the politicians keep the lockdown on too long and force more businesses out of business and make the terms of survival for those businesses uneconomic and you end up with long-term unemployed or a depression situation, or even that you're rationing the medical treatment so that people with cancers and heart attacks and life-threatening conditions cannot get the treatment that they need, then those people are dying, not of corona, but of their existing disease. And that's an issue that the governments need to deal with. And we as a society need to support them in those judgments. So some countries will come out of lockdown quicker because their politicians will make a judgment that um, the, the, the changes, it, it, the, the value of life, uh, corona vis-a-vis every, -vis everything else, every other disease, it, it is different to uh, another country. So Sweden uh, maths on this have been different. They've never gone into a lockdown and they've maintained social distancing, they've maintained restrictions, um, and, and they've had corona deaths, but in, in a different outcome to, to other countries. So these are difficult decisions got to be made. And for an expat that's living and working abroad, or has got a holiday home in one or more different countries and wants to relocate, you know, we need to consider how the different countries are, are reacting to this. So one country can have a com completely different take the politicians, the, the people, the judgments are coming under a different set of rules. And this is why you see America or Iran or Russia or Cyprus or Italy or Libya or UK or Ireland all reacting in a different way. And it all comes from a behavioral bias and what the experts are collectively saying and how they're judging it, not based upon facts, based upon predictions and the, the evidence that is unfolding before them. So this is the difficulty that we've got. And what we hope for is that uh, in uh, the business of survival, the lockdown measures are lifted before they strangle the little day, the living daylights out of the world economies, that we have airlines to come back to, that we have businesses to come back to, that we have restaurants to be able to go to, and bars that can serve us beer. So, this is what we're looking for going forward and um, you know we're all part of this no man's an island no man's independent we're all part of the same mass of humanity and everybody's opinion on this counts to to see what it is individuals some individuals some of your customers if you're a business will, will be much more cautious their behavioral bias will be much more cautious than than another client 
Um, and so even within one country or one set of customers, some will be more cautious and slower to come back into the real economy. Uh, some will come back and relish it and there'll be a big boom in, in new services from those. So all these things you have to plan for as a business, look at how you're going to have to adapt. So uh, a, a restaurant that wants to attract back people that are really cautious about uh, COVID-19 in, in three months time, will have to have extra gloves, uh, sanitizers, masks, uh, distancing, uh, screens, reorganized layouts. And those are the, the preparations that a restaurant can do now. A business which involves human interface with, with people and meetings will have to look at how they can do their work online with online meetings, video meetings, and, and online paperwork. So these are the things that businesses need to plan for now uh, so that as the, the whole economy, the whole community is released from lockdown, you can adapt to each of your customers that fit into the different schemes. So you'll have more cautious customers and more pragmatic customers whose value quotient is slightly different. You've got to accommodate all those people in your target market for your business. So those are things to be looking at. So um, what's the value of life and what's the final decision of the, the politicians? The second area I want to look at is that in the lockdown, many expats are trapped in the wrong location. So you may be trapped in Cyprus, Isle of Man, UK, uh, USA, uh, uh, UK, Libya, uh, Italy, wherever you might be stuck, you, you're in a lockdown situation. Um, how is that going to affect your tax residency? This is really important. Um, now, we, we don't know the final outcome of this. We don't know when the lockdown is precisely going to be released. And as we said in the first part, different countries will react in different ways. Different countries, different economies will open up. It might be that you're ready from your country to go back to work, but the second country is being more cautious and, and is delayed uh, or, or still insists on you going into quarantine if you come into country. So at the moment you can fly into the UK without uh, a coronavirus test. Um, will that continue? Um, if you, you get test positive, how will that country re react? Will then, even if you've had the, the flu, the coronavirus with no symptoms and you've got the antibodies, uh, will another country let you go and work in their, in their community, even though you're completely safe, potentially? Uh, these are decisions that will be based upon the individual governments and, and their, the way that they are going to interpret and uh, adopt this. Look at a small island economy like Cyprus, heavily based on tourism. So they need to have a clean country with very, very little uh, corona virus activity going on so it's safe for people to come and visit and it's safe for people to come on holiday um, but there will still be people that will be hesitant about that there will still be people that will be cautious about that and how do they react to people that come over that might have the infection and and how do they monitor that process so different countries have got different ways that they need to react uh, to this how the the tax office react is a different situation so 
the UK HMRC have said to two expats that um, uh, COVID uh, lockdown will come under the exceptional circumstances clause, which gives an, up to 60 days in country. So if the lockdown is less than 60 days, then in theory, there's no reason why a UK expat uh, trapped in England for an extra 60 days during the lockdown can't return to work as soon as lockdown is lifted uh, overseas and, and not suffer any penalty for the current ta tax year um, 2021. However, um, if, if the uh, circumstances are extended because the other country is limiting your ability to go back to work or that overseas contract or employment has not recommenced or it's not going to recommence or it's not available and you need another month or two to find new contracts and new work, how will that play on your situation and your circumstance? Um, th th there isn't an absolute answer and it's about keeping records, being pragmatic and you know, if you want uh, ongoing advice and expertise for expats on tax residents in the UK, uh, contact us at proactpartnership.com and we'll keep you in touch on a one-to-one -one basis during the rest of this uh, tax year. Um, what about relocation? Again, for, for expats looking to relocate, either uh, just to base their business abroad or, or to retire abroad, um, again, the timing of that can be impacted. So we have, uh, we're in a UK tax year of April to March, and if you stay beyond the 1st of October in the UK, then you're tax resident in the UK for, for the current year. So how are you gonna manage that if your, your relocation is delayed? And again, that, that, that could be an issue because there's a second point to consider, which is, is Brexit. Now, um, if you can remember, uh, the news was filled with Brexit last year in the same way that it's filled with um, coronavirus today. And it's almost like the media has got a very short time span. Um, but uh, in terms of discussing other things, the UK has left the EU. It left the EU on the 31st of January 2020. And the legislation says that it doesn't matter what happens, on the 31st of December 2020, the UK leaves the EU and all it, it, its agreements. There is a, in a transition phase now, which runs to the end of December, and that transition phase means that nothing changes uh, in, during that period. Um, but there needs to be new trade, health, uh, travel agreements in place before then. Now, many of them are in place, but key agreements on tariffs and trade and borders um, uh, uh, and residency are still not necessarily agreed. Uh, and um, therefore, one of a number of things that could happen in the eight months that remain uh, of this process. And one could be that it, there is ending up being an extension of, of, of the Brexit transition for another three, six, nine, 12 months. Um, but that, again, that may not happen. There might be a forced, uh, let's come together, let's just make an agreement. So instead of all the bloody-mindedness of the previous uh, Brexit negotiations, there could be uh, an acceptance with a new EU Commission 
um, dealing with the coronavirus to say, come on, let's not have a fight about this, let's just make an agreement that is acceptable to us both and that works. In which case we could get clarity pretty quickly on a, 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 a basis, a, a reciprocal basis between the UK and the EU. So there's two types of agreements that the UK can make with EU countries. It can make it with the EU as a whole and deal with it as a whole, or it can make it on a one-to-one -one basis. Uh, so the UK could make an individual reciprocal agreement with Belgium or, or Germany or Cyprus or Portugal or, or Spain. And, and those things are still all to be resolved before the end of this year. Uh, the two things that an expat needs to consider is if you're an EU expat relocated to the UK or UK expat relocated to the EU, you can still move under EU freedom of movement rules until the end of December this year. Now, your horizons might change with the Brexit, uh, with Corona, uh, but subject to Corona, in theory, there's no reason why you can't still relocate. Now that might be impacted uh, to a degree. Um, if you're a UK expat living in the UK, you might not, you, you can't go back to the UK at the moment because flights uh, from Cyprus, there's no flights in or out of the country uh, until um, the, the middle of June, between the 9th and 12th of June, the flights will start to be allowed again at the moment. So you, you can't you can't get off the island at the moment or arrive on it. So um, and the UK, you know, again there's restrictions there. So if you're an EU expat wanting to go to the UK, it, it's a bit more difficult. But an EU expat can relocate to the UK by the 31st of December this year, and then live there for the rest of their life uh, as an EU citizen would be able to. So that that is in the withdrawal treaty. That is in the agreement, and that is part of the rules to the 31st of December this year. Many people's life perspectives might change on that, um, to live in the UK or not, or to live in the EU, um, or you might still want to pursue your plan or you might defer it to next year. If you defer your relocation, as the UK expat defers his relocation to next year, or an EU expat re defers his relocation till 2020, uh, one, 2021, then that relocation at the moment will be un, will treat a British citizen as a non-EU citizen. Now, uh, without getting too technical, there are countries like Switzerland and Norway and Iceland, and let's just that aren't really in the EU, as are San Marino and Andorra and Vatican City aren't really in the EU, but there's still some freedom of movement and still some uh, flexibility with those people uh, and, and working arrangements but that doesn't exist with the UK at the moment um, and those practicalities need to be put in place so hopefully um, the meaning of life and the value of life will be drummed into the politicians and the pettiness of the three years of a Brexit hassle will be overcome and new agreements will be made and we'll have a clear uh, rules on what what the freedom of movement is. However, if freedom of movement becomes more restricted by corona, then that could impact uh, for, for expats. So there could be higher income requirements, higher net worth requirements uh, that would inhibit you relocating to the country in which you, you prefer to move. So 
So all those things are, are worthwhile considerations. Um, but generally, a UK expat needs to be in country with the residents and do their residency before the 31st of December to be able to relocate under EU rules. So that's something to bear in mind. The big elephant in the room for me is that um, the, the UK have got a reciprocal health and social welfare agreement with the EU. So that covers all uh, 27 EU countries. Now, that reciprocal healthcare agreement also extends to countries outside the EU. And the UK have confirmed that they're gonna maintain their existing system and it will be maintained exactly the same for the countries outside the EU as it is today, the likes of Canada uh, and New Zealand. Um, and and uh, uh, the question is, will the UK do a reciprocal health and social welfare agreement with the whole of the EU, or will it do reciprocal agreements with individual countries? And again, this could make a big difference to your choice of relocating as an expat to be living and working abroad. Um, so whether you, you, your, your work will be based out of the UK, out of a UK uh, company, or whether you'll be working abroad out of a, an offshore company, um, depending upon your social and healthcare rights. So that's something to seriously consider and we don't know the answer to that because that's something that's being held over as a as a negotiating tool so the uk have declared that, that nothing changes during the transition period but that healthcare agreement continues so anybody any uh, expat in the eu or the uk uh, from the eu is paying social insurance gets access to local health care and uh, that, that will be retained. Any expat who's got an S1 for a medical condition on a short-term working basis or a, a retired expat, uh, again, reciprocal healthcare is available in your country of, of tax residence. Those S1s technically are no longer valid after the 31st of December. So if your personal concern about corona is high, then you know you need to reevaluate your circumstance and see whether you need to be having private medical cover or, or or working and paying social insurance in your local country residence to protect against healthcare treatment, state healthcare treatment in 2021. However, it's not against uh, the realms of possibility that agreements will be made individually or for the whole of the EU. So countries like Belgium and Spain have um, already indicated that they will reciprocate with the UK if there's no EU agreement. So the whole of the 27 countries might say, well, no, we don't want to be part of, of a whole EU scheme with the UK and, and therefore individual countries will, will make those arrangements. So Cyprus and the UK had a reciprocal social insurance agreement before Cyprus joined the EU in 2004, and that legislation is still in place and could be re-enacted re and, and started up again. In the same way that Ireland and the UK had a reciprocal travel uh, area between Ireland and the UK, that is being maintained. That's dated back to 1949, and that has already confirmed that that will continue. So 
all UK expats have the right, all UK citizens have the right to relocate and live and work in the island uh, even after Brexit um, and freely move between the two countries as do Irish people with the UK. So that, that situation is not changing. There might be tariffs and trade barriers, there might be other interesting things that come up with that but the free freedom of movement between Ireland and the UK is not something that's in question and other countries like Belgium or Spain and Cyprus could, could do that as well so that's what we need to know and if you're newly relocating you need to be understand that uh, state healthcare in the UK uh, stops the day you become non-resident therefore you need to have private medical in cover or local state cover in place either using a reciprocal scheme including the S1 uh, and value corona deaths against cancer deaths and heart attack deaths. It's a difficult time and as a society we need to make those decisions to allow us to move on and that is the business of survival for expats living and working abroad. So any guidance and help that you need contact us at productpartnership.com and we'd love to hear from you. Uh, thanks very much for listening. Leave your questions, we'll keep answering them and maybe we'll feature your question next time. Register for our Coping with Corona World War C series of emails, just topical stuff looking at the, the, the Corona subject. You can register that again at the website at productpartnership.com and uh, follow us on, on Facebook and leave your questions and we'll answer them as soon as we can. Thanks very much for listening again and we'll see you next time.